Hey, everybody, welcome to Cafe Grit, season one, episode 14 today, employee engagement, my ass. All right, saddle up. The cafe's now open. Let's get to it. Hey, everybody, welcome to Cafe Grit. This is the place to go when you've got the hankering for purpose, a taste for fulfillment, and you're tired of living the rat race. My name is Beth Ann Gamble. Thanks for stopping in. Cafe Grit is now open for service. Hey, everybody, welcome to Cafe Grit. I'm your host, Beth Ann Campbell. Glad to have you here. It's season one, episode 14, Employee Engagement, My Ass. Yes, we're going to talk about employee engagement today. There's so much to talk about with employee engagement. This will probably be a multi-episode, multi um, but I'm going to start off with maybe some a little bit of background and, and some of my experiences. But first of all, how's everybody doing? I'm I'm uh, pretty busy. I've got some packing to do because I'm going to be moving in a few weeks. My husband and I are closing on a house and I'm so excited because it has a pool. So yes, very excited about that. Um, I'm also just in a really, really good mood today um, because partly because um, a big reason because I got a surprise today in my private messaging on LinkedIn I have a friend connection there. His name is Jay Stansfield. Look him up, Jay Stansfield artist. He's just an amazing illustrator and his stuff is just so full of joy. So you can also check out thesquibbles.com. He has a couple of uh, children's books out there. One is a coloring book. I have it and I love it. But uh, check him out. He So he, he just randomly sometimes will um, either send or respond to comments with a quick little illustration. And he sent me one today. And it was a little drawing of me with my I have this um, steampunk hat that I uh, use a lot on my LinkedIn videos. And so and plus, I'm known for bacon because I wrote where the hell is my bacon. So it's just this wonderful, colorful illustration of me. And I love it so much. It just brings me so much joy. So um, please go follow Jay on um, he's on Facebook. He's on Instagram. He's on LinkedIn, J Stansfield artist. Um, he's awesome. You'll know when you get the right J Stansfield, because there probably are more than one, because you will just your your feed will be filled with color. So please go check him out. And thank you, Jay. I love my personalized illustration. It just it does uh, um, tick. I'm tickled pink or, or purple, perhaps because there's a lot of purple in it. All right. Let's start off with the show employee in engagement. Um, so what what is employee engagement? This is a I think a very misunderstood concept. It is a concept that's been around since the 90s. So a little background and I'm going to quote here and I, I will include some links to the um, source material in the LinkedIn article that I always write for my podcast. So look it up there. But Forbes defines an employee engagement as the emotional commitment the employee has to the organization and its goals. This emotional commitment means engaged employees actually care about their work and their company. They don't just work for a paycheck or just for the next promotion, but work on behalf of the organization's goals. I think this is actually a great definition um, generally of employee engagement, which by the way, is different for everyone. So why do we care about employee engagement? And it really, it's, this is not a, like a fluffy, oh, you know, we're just like kumbaya because we care about employee engagement. No, there are real impacts of positive employee engagement, as we will soon find out. 
So why does employee engagement matter? Um, this uh, information I got from Quantum Workplace. It's an online quantumworkplace.com. And they say employee engagement affects just about every important element of an organization. Let's repeat that. Employee engagement affects just about every important element of an organization. Employees who are connected to their organization work harder, stay longer, and impact employee and business outcomes, including increased productivity. What? Yes, my friends, engaged employees will be more productive. Increased profitability and revenue. What? Yes, for all of you profit-minded and profit-centric companies, which of course, you know, that there's no shame in that game. But those of you who are just all about, you know, your profits and your shareholders and blah, blah, blah. Engaged employees will increase your profitability and your revenue. So take note. Better customer service. So your customers and your clients will be happier. Lower employee turnover. They'll stay longer. They'll be more loyal. Better recruitment and talent acquisition, right? You are garnering a reputation. People talk and they will talk badly about you if your employees are not engaged. A greater brand presence and reputation, same as above. An increased market share and stock price. What? Yes, market share and stock price, employee engagement can impact these things. And increased workplace safety. Yes, um, and this is a very timely topic um, for most companies. All right, now we've got the clinical definition of employee engagement kind of out of the way. I'm going to tell you a little story. In 2006, I was working at a utility company in Michigan, the state of Michigan. And I'd been there for about six years at that point, um, working in the IT department. I started off as a coder, programmer, worked my way up as a technical lead on bigger and bigger projects. And then one day, I started hearing about this really big project that was starting up. I mean, this mother was huge. Everybody was talking about it. It was going to replace dozens and dozens of our legacy systems, a lot of those being homegrown and and really custom built over the decades. I mean, this was going to take over our HR, our financing, our accounting, our work and asset management, our procurement, um, just about everything. It was a multi-year, multi-million dollar project. And no doubt in my mind, having experienced projects for six years, I knew that this was going to be hell on earth. And I wanted so badly to be involved with it. At that time, I loved my job. I was really the true definition of an engaged employee. So I shamelessly threw myself on the manager of this project. You know, there were people starting to get involved. Someone had put a list up on one of the manager's cubicles. It was people who wanted to be on the project. And I, it was just, it was kind of meant as a joke, but I beeline to that list and put my name right at the top, kind of squeezed it in where there was a little space between the the title of the paper and the first person who had signed it. So I ended up getting on this project and I was on it for about two and a half years. And it was, as expected, pure hell, like literal hell. I'm not even kidding you. I worked like 12 and a half hour weekdays for almost the entire time or more. I would put in 10 or 10 or 11 hours during the day at work. I would go home. I would bawl uncontrollably from the stress. Then I would open up my laptop and I'd spend another two or three hours catching up before I went to bed. 
in the last six months of the project, I spend almost every weekend, both days, all day, uh, doing performance and stress testing at work in the office. This is on top of the already long weekdays. So it was it was hell. I was sending my my poor little puppy. We had just gotten our little Labrador Ripley, um, rest in peace. And we were taking her to daycare like three or four days a week. And that was just totally out of guilt. And for no other reason that I was not spending enough time with her and I felt guilty. And eventually we just got a second dog to keep her company and, and still sent them both to daycare. But that's beside the point, I guess. Anyway, so midway during this project, I started having headaches. I went through, I think, three rounds of antibiotics. I probably wreaked havoc on my gut biome. I thought I had a sinus infection and kept going back to my doctor until finally he said, you know, maybe we need to send you to a specialist. So he sent me to a specialist, ear, nose, and throat, put me through a battery of tests, nothing. We were about ready to um, send me to, he was about ready to send me to a neurologist. And I was thinking, oh my God, Jesus, what the hell? But then I started doing some research and I know you're not supposed to self-diagnose. I'm not self-diagnosed. I would never self-diagnose myself. I simply did some research and I am also in touch with my own body. And I determined that it was likely that I was clenching my teeth and my dentist absolutely confirmed that. And to this day, I wear a bite splint at night because of this project. I fought with many of my coworkers. I mean, almost coming to blows. I'm not even joking. And I certainly wanted to choke about a half dozen of the the consultants who are running the projects. And here's the thing. I'm a consultant. But there are like two different types, main types of, of consultants for the big firms, right? This is just in my experience. This is the world according to Beth. There are the ones that are heads down. They do a lot of the work. They're not really in the limelight much, but they kick ass. And then there are the few that show up in your meetings and they just like to hear themselves talk and they ultimately make you feel like you're just some dumb rube who doesn't have a clue how technology works. Oh my God. Um, how you know stupid are we? And it's the latter category. Those are the ones that I com- contemplated murdering a few times. So there were a lot of heated moments. The stress was astronomical. And those two and a half years of that constant elevated cortisol, I'm sure that caused more damage long-term to my biology than all the years before or since. All of this literal hell, and I would do it again in a heartbeat. Why? Because I was an engaged employee. No one ever asked me explicitly to work long hours. No one ever forced me. No one ever pressured me. No one ever, you know, pressured me to come in on weekends I wanted to do it. I needed to do it. I didn't even think about it. The fights that I got into with my coworkers, and believe me, they were at times pretty intense. You know, they didn't last long. And there was not one relationship that was broken and not one bridge that was burned. Why would I go back to this literal hell again? Because I felt like we were on a mission together. No matter how bad it got, we were all pulling for the same thing. The managers, the executives, they were all there in the trenches with us. We saw them almost on a daily basis. I felt valued. My contributions did not go unnoticed, even among hundreds of other people on this project. And I built great relationships. I really felt like I was a part of the success of the project, not just a means to it which is I think what a lot of people feel nowadays. They don't feel like they're a part of the success. 
And that success is not their success, but it's someone else's. So they're just a means to someone else's success. So at the tail end of this project, the 2008 crash occurred, the real estate crash. And my husband's company ended up shutting down then and he was looking for opportunities. So he he asked me at that time, hey, you know, should I open the door to other areas, you know, maybe other parts of Michigan, or maybe even out of state. And at that time, I remember this very distinctly, I told him no fucking way, I'm not going anywhere. I love the company, I love the people, I willingly and enthusiastically went quote, the extra mile, even to the detriment of my own physical and mental health, because I was an engaged employee. Three years later, that changed. So I wrote about some pretty stressful events in where the hell is my bacon. During this time, we had a new executive team, a major reorg, and we were outsourcing our day to day operations. So it was stressful, but in a different way than the big project that I just talked about. This was this was like true, real hell. So as I saw my coworkers utterly fearful of losing their jobs. As I was in conference rooms and offices with management day after day, asking them, begging them, pleading to rethink the timeline for transitioning all of this work to an offshore team. As I was realizing for the first time in 11 years that I was no longer able to affect change in the organization, as my coworkers and I had to resort to using fucking bacon to get our voices heard, this is the time when I really started thinking, you know what, I'm going to start looking for other opportunities. I didn't leave then when it was bad. And I'm I'm glad I didn't. Um, I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad I left on my own terms. It took me another five years. But that was when the seed was planted, the door had been open. And I'll tell you, friends, once that door is open, it's very easy to peek outside to put your foot through this threshold to smell a little bit of what's out there. So the door had been opened because I no longer felt like an engaged employee. I was not enthusiastic about my work. I started to resent that, you know, quote, going the extra mile, rather than just doing it without even thinking about it. Um, And certainly during the year when we were actively transitioning to the outsource team, I did not have a positive attitude towards the company and its values. Now that did change um, over time. I do think it's a great company to work for. But during that time, Not so much. And I was verbal about it. Um, I stopped defending the company when people would talk badly about it. And and they did. I mean, when you're a utility company, you're everybody's asshole. Even if you donate like a bazillion dollars and you you, you, to something, you know, to a charity that cures cancer, it doesn't matter. People still think that you're the shit of the earth. And I just, I, but I stopped defending it. It, it contrast this with the big project a few years earlier, where I felt like we had a common goal, we had a common mission. And now with the outsourcing, I was just completely unsupportive of the direction. So I, don't get me wrong, I, I, I mean, I still rocked it. I mean, you know, I have a work ethic, as did most of my team teammates, you know, they have a great sense of ownership. And, you know, we didn't slack off or anything. But again, when you're shown that door, Sometimes you start thinking about going through it. And then sometimes you do go through it. And a lot of people did. A lot of people left during that time. And, and I eventually did, but it, it, it did take a few years. So this is the lesson for corporations, I guess. Don't show people the door unless you're willing to deal with the ramifications of them walking through it. 
So I think everybody wants to know how to improve employee engagement. I mean, I see this with a lot of companies, a lot of my friends have reported back, you know, they're having surveys and, you know, there are efforts being done. It it does seem like it's a hard question to answer, um, probably because it's just different for everybody. Everybody's concept of what makes them an engaged employee is different. But I will tell you a good place to start is just to ask them. Ask your employees what's not working. What can you do for them rather than the other way around? Because that's usually how it, it works with some of our traditional management styles. So if you treat your employees well, and I'm not talking about just a paycheck, although that is a part of it for some people. But if you treat them well, if you value them, you challenge them in good ways, you listen, you use their ideas and their solutions, if you champion for them and, and, and have their back versus throwing them under the bus, you give them training and process help, like not 47 page process documents that should be two page checklists. You give them flexibility when they need it or even when they don't need it. When you show that you really care about not only what they do at work, but what's going on in their lives at home and and elsewhere. If you treat them as your most valuable resource, not just a number. I mean, really, if you just make them part of your success and not just a means to it, all of this stuff goes a very long way towards employees who want you and them and the company to succeed and they will do what they need to do to make that happen. And here's the gravy. None of that stuff is hard. Most of the time, we're getting real here because this is Cafe Grit and we get real. Most of the time, it just means setting your ego and your fucking greed aside and working a little bit on your empathy and your emotional intelligence. Those are not just frou-frou words. Those are real, real concepts that can help towards more engaged employees. So fucking do it. All right, my engaged gritsters, that's it for today. I hope that all of you who are working in the corporate world, I hope you have management teams and executives who are really trying to improve employee engagement because it is it is tr- tr- truly, truly important. Tell me how it's going with you, with employee engagement or anything else. You know, you can always find me on LinkedIn, Beth Ann Campbell, or you can follow hashtag Cafe Grit. Um, you can also join our Facebook group, Cafe Grit. We do continue these conversations in a private setting. I'm also the Bean67 on Facebook. Look me up. I'm also the Bean67. That's two N's, by the way. On Instagram, I'm kind of, I don't know, I'm kind of um not doing a whole lot on Instagram these days. I'm just, uh, I'm, I still like looking at pretty pictures, but I'm not doing a whole lot there. So, but you can still look me up. Thank you, everybody, once again, for stopping by Cafe Grit, where the moxie is fresh, the passion is cold brewed, and everything is served with a heaping side of mojo. I just added that for effect. Anyway, have a great week, everybody. Take it easy. Hey, everybody. Thanks for stopping by Cafe Grit, where the moxie is fresh, the passion cold brewed, and everything is served with a heaping side of mojo. If you like what's on the menu, please check out the Cafe Grit group on Facebook, where I'd love to hear your feedback and continue these conversations. You can also find me on LinkedIn as Beth Ann Campbell, that's Ann with an E, or by following hashtag Cafe Grit. And I will be forever beholden if you would give me a quick review on iTunes to make the Apple gods happy. In return, I will wish upon you copious amounts of bacon, your favorite hot beverage, and of course, pie. The music for this podcast is called Lounge Cafe, and it's by Dmitry Baliev. 
You can find more great tunes by Dimitri and others at audiojungle.net. Check it out. Thanks again for stopping by, and remember, you don't have to deal with the bullshit, and there is something better out there. Let's figure it out together. Take it easy. Thank you.